You're listening to 106.9 here on Tune FM. The UNE Sports Awards, taking place on the 20th of September, are lucky enough to be joined by a very special guest, Australian middle distance running champion Georgia Griffith. Georgia has represented Australia at multiple prestigious tournaments all over the world, including the World Championships, the World University Games, the Commonwealth Games, and in 2021 was also selected to represent Australia at the Tokyo Olympics. Her impressive trophy cabinet includes a second-place finish in the 1500 metres at the 2019 World University Games in Italy, a first-place finish in the 1500 metres at the 2019 Oceania Championships, and a fifth-place finish in the 1500 metres at the 2018 Commonwealth Games. The University of New England, along with Sport UNE and UNE Life, are absolutely thrilled to have such an amazing athlete attending the 73rd Sports Awards, and we at Tune FM are stoked for are stoked that she is sitting down with us now for a quick chat. So, Georgia, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, no worries. Thanks so much for that uh, nice introduction, Ben. Um, look, really looking forward to um, attending the University Awards. Um, so, yeah, real privilege. Thank you. <laughs> Super. And I understand that your two main events that you compete in is the 800 and 1500 metres. Is that right? Yeah, the 800 and 1500. I think the 1500 is uh, probably a bit more of my focus now, but I still really like the shorter, painful 800 metres as well. (laughs) So what is it? What draws you to those particular events uh, over others? Uh, A big factor is I'm probably better than I am. best at them compared to sprinting I'm not a sprinter and unfortunately 5k 10k marathon is a bit too long for me and so that middle distance 8 and 15 is my sweet spot Um, and to be honest I'm not biased at all but I think they're pretty entertaining events to watch as well (laughs) perfect so what are you sort of uh, you sort of touched on this but what is different about competing in these middle distance events compared to say a shorter event like 50 or 100 meters Yeah, so I think there's a bit more tactics that go on and as opposed to um, the shorter events from 100 to 400 where you have your own lane and you can kind of focus and switch off and just think about yourself, um, the 800 and 1500, it does, you got to really think about what the other competitors are doing and if, you know, there's a move that's made throughout the race, you you can't zone out, you really got to make sure you're on it, otherwise, you know, you'll miss the race. So I think that's quite a fun part and each race is a bit different, which is, yeah, quite fun. No, understandable. And like, to be honest, I understand that one of your personal bests, I believe in the 800 is just over two minutes. And to be quite frank, I'm pretty sure that's how long it would take me to run a 100 meter race. So you're certainly, (laughs) you've well and truly, you've well and truly got me topped off there. I understand that you're currently rehabilitating an Achilles injury. How did you pick that up? Yeah, so a bit unfortunate. Um, so I'd had a little, I've had my Achilles like tendinopathy for the past couple of years, but it's been very manageable kind of off and on. Um, and then three weeks before I left for my European campaign, um, it had a bit of a flare up, but then I thought it was settling. And I did, I flew over to Doha in Qatar for my first race, which was a 1500. And I, I actually thought my Achilles wasn't feeling too bad. It was a bit stiff in the race, but not not enough to make me be worried. But then, um, unfortunately, in the last 30 metres, it I felt it tweak. And I pulled up to the line. And as soon as I stopped, it started swelling and I couldn't walk. And, yeah, unfortunately, I had to take three weeks off running. And to, that was my first race of the season. So it was um, a, a bit of a bummer this year. Yeah. I, I did try to that's, you know, 
yeah, cross train and get back. But it was just really, yeah, bad timing and a bit unlucky. So um, unfortunately this year hasn't hasn't gone as well as I, I had hoped. Um, so, yeah, just turning my attention now to, you know, rehabbing for next year because that's a really big one for me. So, you know, hopefully that goes a lot better. <laughs> I was going to say, first race of the season, that is uh, that is absolutely abysmal timing. That is incredibly unfortunate. Yeah. What is the re, what is, what's the recovery process for that injury? Is it just physiotherapy or did you have to go through surgery? No, so it was only um, a partial tear. If it was a full rupture of the Achilles, uh, you'd definitely have to get surgery. Um, so I took, yeah, three weeks off it and then I got back into running, um, but it was still pretty inflamed and that was a slow transition it wasn't like the first week back was back to normal training it started with jogging and then a session every here and um here and now and then I did start building back up to a more normal load after about I'd say six to eight weeks um but even then it was still a bit sore and I think because I was still trying to I was still overseas in Europe and trying to do a couple races um to try and salvage the season a little bit uh so it never really got long enough to properly heal so I've been back in Melbourne for a month and I've just been taking that whole month off um and just doing a lot of calf strength and gym work and I have been changing my physio and making a bit more of a really detailed cautious plan to get back into running so starting with stair walking and it's a lot slower and more cautious, but I'm really hoping that'll mean I won't have any lingering issues like I did this season where I tried to rush it a little bit. You want to get a hundred percent back to you want to get a hundred percent back to full full strength before you before you really test it out. So is that given yeah. that you know given that you managed to avoid surgery, it was only a partial tear. Uh, forgive the pun, but does that mean that when it comes to the 2024 season, you'll more or less be able to hit the ground running? You should be you should be good to go. <laughs> Yes, I hope so. That is the plan. And I think it's heading in that direction. So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it being 100%. No, fantastic. That's good. And goodness knows Australia is going to be cheering you on. Now, as if being an Olympian wasn't enough, uh, you also uh, completed a Bachelor of Design and Business in 2021, which was, as we know, the year of the Tokyo Olympics, mm -hmm. uh, graduating uh, from the Monash University Elite Performer Support Program. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with Monash University and their program that allowed you to complete your studies while training and competing? Yeah, so that um, the program at Monash, it was honestly so helpful for trying to balance uh, my training and going overseas and competing um, with my uni. I, if the program wasn't there, it would have been really hard to do both. Um, it's just, it made it a lot easier to, when I had was away for a month and missing classes, it didn't mean, oh, no, I can't do uni that semester. I was able to have some flexibility and, you know, I'd email them and they'd help sort it out with my teachers, um, which allowed for a lot more flexibility um, and there was just that also extra support. If there were patches where I was really stressed with competitions, um, I knew I could always, you know, send an email and they'd be able to help help me out and try and figure out a plan because, yeah, there were a lot of times when it was, there were a lot of assignments due and I had some really intense competitions and I was just a bit stressed. So it was really great having, you know, that extra support because it would have been really tough if it wasn't there and it was just me. 
And were you initially concerned with balancing studying with, you know, training and competing, especially, as you said, being gone overseas for, for, for weeks at a time, running races, even just training? Was Were you worried about how you'd be able to balance the two? Yeah, definitely. The first year of uni, um, my athletics wasn't as intense. I wasn't um, making the Australian teams. And so it slowly started creeping up on me. And I was like, oh, hang on, this is actually quite challenging, Um trying to fit in, you know, ticking off my uni as well as, you know, going overseas for so long. Um, so that's when I really started leaning into the services that they provided. Um, so that was, yeah, incredibly helpful. Oh, I bet it was. What um, what sort of accommodations and support were they able to offer you? Was it was it you know facilitating uh, class time with with lecturers while you were overseas? Was it just giving you a little bit more wiggle room when it came to deadlines? What what were they able to do for you? Yeah, so there are a few things. So I was able to submit my timetable preferences, so I wouldn't have classes that clashed with uni, um, classes that clashed with my training. So that was a really important one because. Unfortunately, it's just too hard to try and train by yourself. I have set times. Um, and so being able to work uni around that um, was, yeah, incredibly helpful. And then another one as well is there was a time I was at the Com Games and I had a few, I had uni assignments due then and I was just, it was really hard to do both. And I was able to liaise with the teachers and get my deadlines pushed back. And then there were also instances when, I have missed more class time than is actually technically allowed, but then through the support, um, there's a bit more flexibility and I'm able to work around that. That's terrific. That's really, really good. And it's fantastic to see universities introduce programs such as these. And given that obviously you you did graduate, you completed the the Bachelor of Design and Business, is that an area that you want to go into once your athletic career uh, finishes up? Is uh, is business the, the world that you'd like to turn to? Yeah, I'm really interested in that creative side as well. Um, so like brand management or advertising. Um, I'm definitely, I think I'm going to be quite a novice when I start and just really keen to explore what's out there and see, you know, what I really like. And yeah, it will be a bit of trial and error, but I am really looking forward to that next chapter once I finish running. Beautiful. And hopefully that won't be for for quite some time anyways. Do you think that there is a perception amongst younger athletes that they won't be able to pursue their athletic careers and their athletic abilities while also studying at a tertiary level? Yeah, I definitely think the jump from high school to uni is actually quite challenging. In high school, you have time set aside for sport and uni and class studies, so you're able to do that both. And I, I definitely found in for athletics, my sport, um, going to uni, a lot of other people did drop off athletics because it just it, it it was quite hard to balance. Um, you know, when you're trying to be social go to classes and then also keep that structure of athletics. So that's why I really think having, you know, the support of the uni makes such a big difference. Yeah. Sure. Do you uh, would do you have any advice for athletes that are looking to try and do both study while competing and while training to remain at that elite level? Yeah, it can be really tough. I think what helped me was having a really good plan. So at the start of the semester, I'd go and have a look at, okay, these are some really 
busy competition periods and this is some busy times for study. And then emailing my tutors in advance and saying, hey, this time's going to be quite busy for me. Is there a way we can work around this? And being aware as well, so when it came to those kind of hot red spots that I like to call them in my calendar, I was able to manage them a bit more effectively because they didn't, you know, come out of surprise, kind of uh, surprise me and I was a bit more prepared for them. So having a plan and, yeah, detailing my week as well were some really effective strategies that helped me balance both. There you go. So that's some very, very good advice for anybody out there that's attempting to balance studying and competing and training. Just for goodness sake, make sure that you have your time managed well. That sounds like something that uh, that a lot of people could take to heart. Do you think that support programs and partnerships for athletes at university level are important and should be encouraged? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I just know personally it's made a huge difference for me. Um, I think, yeah, it would be a real struggle to, you know, pursue athletics or anyone's chosen sport if the university didn't allow for, you know, flexibility and support. Um, and I think it actually complements both sides as well. It helps with your studies if you're really enjoying your sport. And it's also really nice to have something on the side of, you know, your sport as well. And I think, yeah, they can go really hand in hand. And I think that pathway between both should be encouraged, which is which is great, like what these programs can do. Fantastic. Uh, just to end on a little bit of a high note, what is your dream event that you haven't yet competed in that you're looking forward to one day? <laughs> I would love to um, be at the Paris Olympics next year. I think that would be super exciting I did I yeah competed at the Tokyo Olympics but it was a bit different with COVID and not being able to leave the village or have my family and friends there so I think it would be amazing to you know have my family be at a really big major event that I've you know worked really hard towards so fingers crossed for yeah Paris next year I was going to say, we'll all be rooting for you. We'll hopefully see you representing the Australian uh, flag uh, in Paris next year. And so don't forget, everyone, that if you do want to hear more about Georgia's athletic career and her uh, and her time at university, she will be presenting and speaking at the UNE Sports Awards held on Wednesday, the 20th of September from 6pm to 9pm at the Bellevue Grandstand. Tickets are available for $15 each and can be purchased through UniOne. Just follow the links on UNE or UNE Life's social media pages. Georgia, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. I'm uh, really looking forward to oh, being at the Sports Awards. Thank you. <laughs> and we are absolutely looking forward to having you. It should be a fantastic night. You're listening to 106 6.9 here on Tune FM on the home of UNE's student-powered radio.